Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. Uh, still to come, we'll get to John Bowen Camp. We'll do a lot on the, the Big Ten, which uh, continues night in and night out to just provide us with some entertaining basketball. But right now, we head to Chicago. He's David Kaplan. Speaking of entertaining, uh, Theo Epstein, Joe Madden, certainly entertaining the folks, the Cubs fans, anyways, back in Chicago uh, as they both uh, met the media here as spring training is underway. Century Stone sponsors our guy David Kaplan. Cap Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How's things, Capper? Everything is good. I amused by Joe Madden's revisionist history. Yes. Um, it's funny. It's not true. And look, they didn't want him back. That's right. the you know fact. That that's just the way it is. They didn't want him back, and now he wants to say he didn't want to come back. Yeah, that's not true. He would have taken a contract extension. He wouldn't have opened a restaurant with his name on it and had some of his money involved in it and closed it two to three months later. So it is what it is. He's in a good place. Good luck to him. He gave me the greatest thrill of my sports fandom, so I can never be you know, that down on Joe Madden. You guys know I told you all season long. There was They got fat and happy. Mm-hmm. There was no level of accountability, and it finally got to the point where Theo Epstein went, enough. I'm done with it, and that's why he's not here. Yeah, and I thought this quote was telling, Cap, just to back up your uh, uh, your claim right there. His approach was more, things will work themselves out. These are great players. Let them play. This will work it out. Theo said, from my perspective, there was a little bit more cause for concern. Yeah, that's exactly the way it was. Joe is the cool Joe, smartest guy in the room, and after they won, they just didn't work as hard. There just wasn't as much accountability. And it goes back to whether it was Chris Bryant, Blubin won the left, and then Javi. We've gone over this a million times. Yep. I don't have to lay them all out. But there just was no level of urgency. And that's why we're in the position we're in. And when Joe Madden sat on my TV set at the winter meetings and said, when I said to him, how do you deal with critics, especially me? He said, I'm fine with it because you're wrong. And I was going to go right back at him. I let him have his moment. I was going to go right back at him and go, Actually, I wasn't because you're the manager of the Anaheim Angels and they weren't going to bring you back here. But I didn't because I thought it would be disrespectful. It's been one of the war, more wild off-seasons I can remember in a way. Of course, the Astros off-season, what's happened there, the cheating scandal across baseball, free agency, big names that have gone out there, and then the trade that was finally completed in a generational player making his way from uh, Boston out to L.A. It's been incredibly wild, but to the negative part of that, how much harm has this done to baseball, the Astros cheating scandal, the other parts of it, the Red Sox involved, and other teams? How much do you believe that this has hurt Major League Baseball? I think it's hurt Major League Baseball deeply that you're watching the games and you don't know if one team is cheating the system. And I said to Joe Girardi a couple weeks ago, I ran into him at the Westin in Philadelphia. And you know, I told you, he's one of my dearest mm-hmm. friends in my life. And I was getting on the elevator after having breakfast, going to do a game, and I heard this guy go, hey, hey, hold that elevator. So I hit the open button on the elevator, the door's open, and it's Joe Girardi. Wow. I'm like, whoa, 
what are you doing here? And I said to him then, I said, let me just tell you something here, Sparky. Do you realize that if Jose Altuve didn't cheat and know the pitch that was coming from Chapman, they don't win Game 7, you win Game 7, you might have won the World Series, and guess what? You're still the manager of the New York Yankees. And he looked at me and smiled and goes, yeah, I just can't live my life that way. I can't. <laughs> he said, I lo- we lost. I didn't keep my job, and I'm in a good place now. So he didn't want to take the bait, but I truly believe that. Interesting, Tate. Well, Cap, speaking of Game 7 uh, in playoffs, there is a new, at least, I don't know if it's a proposal, there's some new ideas being floated around. Players Association obviously going to have to give the green light on that. When you heard about the playoff expansion and teams being able to choose and kind of a selection show, we remember it's the end of September and everybody's football crazy and baseball before it gets to the playoffs maybe takes a little bit of a back seat uh, in in some markets. I love the idea. I've been anxious to ask you about your thoughts on uh, at least the proposed changes to the playoffs. Will they work in your mind? Do you like it? I like the expanded playoffs. I The, the TV show part of it is a little hokey. I, I guess I'm okay with it. You know, I was arguing, arguing is the wrong word, debating with Chris Black and Danny Zetterman uh, on our radio show on ESPN 1000. And Danny co-signed my take on it. Chris went against the two of us and said he believed that no team would ever not pick the team with the worst record. So if you're the second seed, number one seed gets a bye, you're the second seed, you're the Chicago Cubs, you're automatically picking the team that has the worst record in the wild card. And I don't believe that. I not don't for either. a second. I think if you are the Cubs and you're the second seed and you have four, your four best hitters are all lefties, and the team that won 84 games and stuck in the wild card has two dominant left-handed starters, why would you play them? You're right. You'd play someone you match up with better. And Chris said, no, because if you lose, how are you going to explain yourself that you didn't pick the easiest team? And I said, if you're Theo Epstein, you're confident enough in yourself, or if you're pick any ex- big-time executive, Andrew Friedman or whoever it is, and you're going to look at the matchups. You're going to sit down with your analytical people. You're going to get your manager and your coaches and your front office personnel, and you're going to go, okay, here it is. We lose when we face really hard-throwing lefties. They got two of them. But that team won 87 games, four more, three more, whatever it is, but their top starters are hard-throwing righties, and we kill those guys. Let's do that. And if you lose, you lose, period. Mm. I, I agree with you 100%. What about the rivalry aspect of it? Let's say the Yankees get the two and the, 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 the last team to qualify are the Red Sox. Or the Cubs are the two and the last team to qualify are the Cardinals. Would rivalries come into play, Cap? Uh, Would you shy question. away from it, I guess, is where I'm going. I guess if you're playing this best of three in the first round and the top seed is going to be playing all three games true. their stadium. So if I'm the New York Yankees and I won 107 games and the Red Sox snuck in at 87, hey, man, you're coming to my building and you got to play all three right here. Good luck. And if I can't beat you and I won 100-plus games and I lose, shame on me. Cap, it's crazy. I like the idea. Ken likes the idea. You like the idea. But we're kind of off on an island here. I saw a poll on ESPN.com. What do you think of the proposed expansion of the MLB playoffs? 
82% hate it, 18% love it. A very simple poll. And I, I guess we're alone on the island. I've been surprised. I also filled in on a show yesterday here on our programs on KXNO, and the overwhelming response was negative. Are you hearing the same thing for the people of Chicago? No, I'm hearing mixed bags. Yes, okay. some hate it. I think that, first of all, I remember an executive saying to me, and then I heard this from, I believe it was Bill Parcells. It might have been the late Bill Walsh. They said, look, you got to do what you think is best for your sport, your team, whatever the situation is, he said, and you've got to do it without being influenced by the fans. He said, because if you start thinking like the fans, you're going to be sitting with them. So if Rob Manfred truly believes this is the best thing for the sport, TV money is going to increase, ratings are going to go up, and it's going to drive interest in other cities because all of a sudden the Seattle Mariners go, you know what, instead of trading Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz and blowing this thing completely up, we want 74 games. If we make a couple tweaks, we might be able to get to 87. Maybe we can pick up. 13 wins, maybe we pick up eight wins, whatever the number is, and we get one of those seven spots in the postseason instead of five. You know what? Let's go for it. Wow. All of a sudden, if you're a Mariners fan, you're like, whoa, we're playing meaningful baseball. We're actually trying to win. So I think it actually works against tanking. Interesting. Cap, last thing on baseball before we move on here. I know that uh, early March you're headed down to Arizona. Of course, the Cubs and the White Sox, both in uh, uh, both in Arizona. Glendale uh, Camelback Ranch has the White Sox. With the marquee network taking the Cubs, your, your station, NBC Sports Chicago, still has the White Sox and all of that coverage. When you get to Arizona, I'm assuming that the Cubs still move the needle more so on your radio show. Uh, how will you, how will you kind of split your time between the two MLB Chicago based teams? Will you give more coverage this spring to the White Sox? And look at what they're, what they've done this offseason. A lot of folks, myself included, certainly believe that they deserve it. What, how will you handle Arizona for those folks? that listen to you and certainly watch you all across the country on NBC Sports Chicago? I think that radio will still be more Cubs than Sox. Now, if you tell me we wake up August 1st and the Cubs are 17 games out of first and the Sox are 17 games ahead, well, yeah, I would talk more White Sox, obviously. But I think going into spring training and the start of the season, look, there's just more Cub fans than White Sox fans. That's not me being a Cub fan and being a hater. That's just me giving you the raw numbers. That's just a fact. Now, could the White Sox steal some of the thunder? No question. And I, on radio, am going to cover both and do the best I can to be fair to both sides. We will cover the Cubs and cover them hard at NBC Sports Chicago, but I think it's naive to think that we're going to cover the Cubs as much as we're going to cover the White Sox in terms of content You'll get it on our app. You'll get it on our website. You'll get it on my talk show. But we won't have any of their games. So, yeah, we'll show highlights and we'll do all that other stuff. How you doing? But we will not any way, shape, or form have as much Cubs content in terms of what you see visually on TV as what you might hear on radio. The NBA world making their way to Chicago for the weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend. No Bulls will be involved, and uh, there at least has been some local backlash that I've seen. Would you call it a snub? Because I think that's a stretch here. Zach Levine not getting into the game. Look, the Bulls aren't a very good team, and I think that goes part and parcel with it here. Do you think it's a snub that he wasn't selected? No, 
I do not. Do I think he could have been? Yes. Uh, I wouldn't have been stunned if he got picked. I thought he actually would because the game was here, but I don't think it's a snub. I mean, Bradley Beal, he feels like he got snubbed. There's a bunch of guys that feel like they could be all-stars. But when your team is so bad, I mean, (laughs) I watched them last night and they get their head kicked in by a lousy Wizards team. And you just, you're you're becoming not only a punchline, you're becoming irrelevant in the Chicago sports scene at this point. They really are. We're talking about the Mecca of basketball. Doc Rivers came out this week, said Mecca of basketball. Isaiah Thomas, Mecca of basketball. And I'm talking about the old, the Hall of Fame Isaiah Thomas. Um, this summer, Anthony Davis, Chicago kid. Oh, absolutely. Chicago is the Mecca of basketball. And they're not selling out every game. They've slipped from second in attendance over the last decade to 10th this year. Their ratings went down on our station TV 25% last year alone. And I'm sure they're getting lower this year. They stink. They're awful. It's unfortunate. I want them to be good, but they're a bad basketball team. And I'm telling you, there is change coming. Cappy, I know you're, you're, we're coming up on your radio show. 20 seconds on, list, on this. Some of the veteran quarterbacks are starting to get their walking papers from their respective team. Any buzz about a veteran QB coming to Chicago to push, to coach, or to take Trubisky's job? Yeah, I think it's Andy Dalton. You do? I Interesting. I think he'll be here at this point in time. I think what's going to end up happening now, look, if somebody steps up and Jason Lockenfora, who I'm not a huge fan of. I don't know the guy personally. I'm just talking about of his work. He said it's going to take a second-round pick to get Andy Dalton. Okay, if that's the case, then he will not be coming to Chicago. There is zero chance Ryan Pace is giving up a second-round draft pick and assuming an $18 million contract for one more year. What I think ends up happening is Andy Dalton gets released after they get Joe Burrow signed. They find another backup, or they use the, I think it was Ryan Lindley that they had, or Ryan Finley. Uh, they end up having to release Andy Dalton, and then he signs a one-year or two-year deal in Chicago at really good money for a backup, like $8 million, and he competes with Mitch. They want Mitch to start, but if Mitch gets beaten out by Andy Dalton, it is what it is, so game on. There'll be somebody here more than a glorified assistant coach, which is what Chase Daniel was super nice guy, but was never ever threatening to Mitch that he was going to take his job. Talk to you in a week's time, Cap. Thank you. Look forward to it, boys. Valley hoops tonight. I'm at Bradley, Indiana State, at the Bradley Brave. Nice. We'll be watching Cap. The Valley's fun to watch. NBC no doubt about Sports it. Chicago. Tune in. Good stuff. Thank you, Capper. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan. Uh, Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa Centurion Stone. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa has a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Over 200 color and pattern combinations. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Right on the landing page, you can... Click the link and tell us or tell Centurion Stone about the project that you are about to undertake. And then I would visit the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa. No way they're giving up a second round pick. I think Cap's scenario is dead. I'm not saying it's Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. 
But they're not going to give up a pick for Andy Dalton. No. They're going to take Joe Burrow. They're not paying their back up $18 million. And even if Dalton's a four- or five-week starter, there's no way in hell he's there. Yeah, fourth, fifth round, something like that. Maybe, you yeah. can buy into it. Now, the Bears don't have a whole lot of draft capital as it is because of the deals that they've made. So because of that, yeah, you can't give up. They do not have a first-rounder, but they have two seconds. You're not giving up two seconds mm-hmm. for Andy Dalton when you're uh, currently constructing that way. I can't envision that happening there. Do you like Andy Dalton as a, as a quarterback in no, Chicago? I, I, he's not a difference maker. He's not a team I don't think that's going to all of a sudden push this team and get them to 10-6, and six, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers? I'm not I even love sure Philip Rivers. I know Trent, you do. But he's, I think he's coming to the end. He had yeah. a disappointing year this year. What if Brady went? I mean, it's not going to happen, but play that scenario. Tom Brady on this team. He's healthy for the whole year. In a heartbeat. He, but what are they? They're not twelve and four. No, good. but they certainly give you a better chance than the Mitchell Trubisky. Well, yes, yeah. Uh, Brady for you. Brady really struggled this he year. He did, Trent. But look at the core, and you can say that about him. He's he's uh, made players around him better his entire career, except maybe this one, right? And you look at the Bears' skill position wise; mm. those wide receivers, shorter Robinson, mm-hmm. not good. Tight ends are as bad of collection as you're going to yeah. find in the league. Trey Burton is he ever going to be healthy? Well, he hasn't. For seven years. What's their cap situation? Will they be decent. able to spend in free agency? Yeah, they're they got they're in pretty decent shape overall. I, I think they're they're in the top ten of money. I think okay. available, so they're okay there at the very least. What's out there? I guess I haven't I haven't even dug into what free agents are going to be there. I'm sure you have already, right? Uh, to an extent, but um, basketball has been so much fun. We're going to continue talking basketball. Big Ten variety with John Bowenkamp. Look forward to you know picking his brain, just throwing some stuff out there. Trent, night in and night out. Th- this conference, I mean, Nebraska almost had Maryland. Max yes. got it. Uncont- at least it looked like it. I thought, oh my God, they're going to pick him off, and out of nowhere, Jalen Smith says, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." That block was oh, ridiculous. Just crazy. What a fun night that was. He had that game going on. Illinois, he had Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State. State. That was as good as you're going to find in college basketball. It was a fun, fun night in yeah. Big Ten hoops, and there's been a lot of them. No doubt about it. Even Purdue coming back and making yeah. it a little close uh, early on in the night. All right, we'll take a timeout. John Bowenkamp joins the program next. Before we get out of here, we'll get Trent's play. Is Iowa State the play for you? To- well, we'll find out after as we get closer uh, to, say, a bidding adieu for the day. Miller and Condon, it's time right now, Trent, to do this. Time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio, 1460KXNO. As well as 106.3 FM. Text the keyword super to 200 200 right now. That's your chance to win $1,000. Super to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Back with John Bowen Camp, Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up into the top of the hour. I'm looking on Twitter, Mark Morehouse. Well, before that, do you remember Stephen M. Sippel last week joined the program and he mentioned that kid, the tight end from Council Bluffs? Yes, I do very well. He's got offers from all over the country. Well, Rivals uh, and Morehouse retweeted it, posted some video of him, and I guess at a Rivals camp. And uh, I know that Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Notre Dame are amongst those schools in the mix. Trent, this isn't fair. This is this kid is he's grown man. 
He's a high school senior for crying, or will be a high school senior. I believe it's pronounced Fedoni. Fedoni? You mentioned the Midwest powers, but also Georgia has offered. Auburn has offered. Alabama is starting to sniff around. This is not just going to have to be, well, for the in-state schools beating the other Midwest powers. This is a national recruit. In our backyard, over in the quad, or over on the Council Bluff side of the border, 60th overall ranked player in the country, unbelievable. Let's get John Bowen Camp in here. John's been busy this morning writing already at the Hawkeye oh, yeah. Maven. Cordell Pemsel uh, was your focus of your story today, and no, Fran McCaffrey had his teleconference. John Trenton, Ken, thanks as always uh, for popping on here. Uh, the Pemsel situation, disappointed kid, made a uh, well, he was suspended, decided to go to McDonald's and. Had yeah. a tail light, not a tail light, a light out. Anyways, uh, he was pulled over and he was uh, and he was caught. Yeah, it. Um, you know, I mean, and, and and it's. I mean, it's like Fran said today. You know, he's a college kid. He's hungry. Well, I'm going to drive McDonald's, even though I got a suspended license. What could go wrong? Well, something went wrong. So um, that's why he's not going to play Thursday night at Indiana. But he said he'll be back with the team on Friday. Uh, just a one game suspension. So I. Uh, you know they'll they'll miss his minutes because I think I mean he's given them decent minutes. I mean some some games have been better than others, but he's given them good minutes. And and, and Riley Till fill that in. And some of the other guys will get a few more minutes here or there, and and they'll get through it. And then he'll like he said he'll be back with the team on Friday. Going to be a little bit more limited here. Certainly foul trouble is the concern lingering. If Kareener Garza, those guys get in foul trouble, it'll be Till. And then after that, uh, a whole lot of question marks in playing small. You know, this team, they have scores, but they're limited. Once you have those lineups that Garza, Wieskamp, and Frederick aren't on the floor, there's a lot of liability offensively out there. You know, managing the minutes, what Fran's doing, kind of building these lineups and putting them out there in the right spot and realizing you got to have more than one score out there at times because, John, you've seen it. There's a few cringeworthy moments out there with the different lineups that Iowa can trot out. Oh, yeah. There's sometimes you'll look out there and you'll be like, okay, who's going to score here? And a lot of times those are like right around when there's going to be a media timeout. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you just sometimes when, when he plays his lineups, and usually it's in the first half, and you, you just kind of hope, okay, let's hope there's a dead ball at 7.59. <laughs> Um, you know, or, you know, like that you don't want, you don't want like a five minute stretch of play. But, you know, the one thing you really want if you are playing that lineup is, is you want to play good defense. And, and a lot of times they have done that. It's like, yeah, they haven't scored, but the other team hasn't scored either. So, you know, it's kind of a wash. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you see that a lot, especially in the first half of games, but, I think he's come to realize you're going to have to have one of those three out there pretty much at all times. Hmm. John, this conference seemingly night after night, and last night was no exception, is so darn entertaining this year with the parity in this conference, the closeness of the game. I mean, Nebraska, if it would have, should have had Maryland beat, right? Mac looked like he had a uh, was going to go to the basket and take the lead with the three seconds left in the game. Smith comes out of nowhere. But Penn State, Michigan State had a nice win. Illinois had a good comeback and couldn't close the deal as Desomu got hurt uh, in the uh, in the final drive to try and win the game, but the conference at the top, John, so darn fun to watch. Yeah, I mean it really is. I mean, you you know, I was looking through the standings the other day and kind of looking, okay, where's Iowa at in, in relationship with first place and, and behind them? You know, it's like they were two games out of first, but they were also two games out of ten. 
You know, and so it's like, right. I mean, that's just how tight this league is. You, need, you never know what you're going to Who would have thought Nebraska's in that game with Maryland yeah. last night? Nobody. You know, I mean, you're thinking you're thinking from what we saw on, on Saturday, it's like they're going to go there and they're, they're going to get handled just as bad, maybe even worse. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they have a chance to win. And it's like, so you just you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, go look at Illinois-Michigan State last night. Michigan State's up 20. Illinois comes back and probably should have won that game. And, um, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a fascinating league right now. And, and it's like, that's why, you know, every time I like, we'll go back to last week, look at Iowa's loss at Purdue, how awful that was. And then they turn around and come home and play that kind of game. You just don't know what you're going to get any night in this league. And that's why this tournament's going to be weird. That's why you want to get to be one of the top four teams. So you don't have to play in that, you know, in that early round because, like I said, anything is possible at this point. When you go, John, and you look at Wees Camp, kid from your neck of the woods, he is an incredibly talented player. He goes off, has a career high thirty against Nebraska, but the splits continue to be pretty stark for him between what he does in Carver Hawkeye Arena and what he does on the road. It's difficult, more difficult for everybody when you go out on the road, but what do you think Wieskamp needs to do, or maybe the coaching staff needs to do, to get him going when they go on the road with two roadies this week? I think you got to get him going early. I mean, I don't think you want to... I, mean, I, think, I think his best-case scenario, especially when he goes on the road, is, is for him to drive to the basket early and get some points and get some confidence, rather than, you know... I mean, in some of these games, he's he shot, especially at Nebraska with the way they were playing, shot a lot of threes early, didn't make them. Um, he did adjust his game and, like I said, would drive to the basket and, and, and ended up that night with 21 points. And like Fran said last week, everybody focused more on his one of ten from three. So, I mean, I, I think they have to get him active, and I, and I think they have to get him to realize start early by going to the basket and, and making it tough on defenses and make them respect that part of it. And then maybe that opens up your outside game and you get some shots because if you miss some shots early, it does seem like he does lose a little bit of confidence at times. But he keeps shooting, and that's a good sign, I guess. Uh, John, I know there's another McCaffrey coming. Is there another Wieskamp? Is, is Wieskamp got a younger brother? I have heard that. I'm not sure how old he is. I want to okay. say he's, he's middle school maybe, and I heard he's a very talented player. And, um, you know, I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes right. with those younger kids. But, but, I mean, they said, you know, and that's what somebody was telling me. It's like, but you can tell he's fundamentally sound, you know. And a lot of times you don't see that at kids in the, you know, in the middle school, early high school age. And when, when you have that, then the sky's the limit for you because then you can do a lot of things. But from everything I've heard, he's, he's a very talented young basketball player. I think Wieskamp, uh, the little brother of Wieskamp, and Jack McCaffrey, the youngest of the group, I want to say they're in the same grade. I think they're in seventh grade and play AAU together. So, Are they on the Barnstormers? Pipe lag continues yeah. to be opened up there, and uh, you keep that going mm-hmm. and, and bring those couple more of them in. And speaking of the McCaffrey family, what's the latest with Patrick? Have you heard any more, anything else that's going to happen? Of course, this year's off the page, but going forward, right. is it... Is something that they're confident they'll get through this off season, and he'll be good to go in the twenty 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 one season. Yeah, I think I think he will, and I think I think I think a lot of it. You know, I mean, I think they will get whatever issues because I mean, obviously, you know, and as they talked about, he had these issues in high school, but it never really seemed to affect him. Well, now you've got a full year to kind of figure out. Okay, this is what he has to do. This is what we have to do within that sort of thing. 
Um, you know, and, and I think, too, I think he has to get stronger. I think he has to put on some weight. I think he has to do some things. So I think they're going to be working not only just with the, with the, with the medical issues, with, with the medicine and, and the things that, that he has to do. I think it also is going to help him get stronger, get him, out, you know, get him ready for a long season because this can be a grind. And I, and I think that, you know, I mean, he is, he is working with the team a little bit here and there, from what I understand. Um, I, you know, like I said, I think it's just a matter of, of getting his weight up, getting his strength up, getting the, you know, the medications in order. I think it'll be, a, it'll be, a, I hope, I would think that it'll be a lot different situation next year. Uh, John, in your, in your decades of covering this program, I, I, where I'm going is Bobby Knight back in Assembly Hall this past <laughs> Saturday, which was, I, I thought it was great. I really did. I love the closure aspect for both the coach and for the university. But what was the game? You're covering a game. You're covering the Hawks uh, over at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. What was a Bobby Knight coached Indiana game, or even the pre, when you go to Hilton, right? Johnny Orr comes onto the floor, yeah. the place goes nuts. I'm assuming that was the same way with Bobby Knight when you were covering the Hawks in Assembly Hall. Oh yeah, there was there was a cult like I, I shouldn't say it that way, but I mean they 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 just revered the guy. And there was one game I remember, and, and it was it was actually a game in Carver Hawkeye, and there were Indiana fans behind the bench. And Knight was yelling at one of the officials, and he put his his hands up like binoculars, and he was doing that, and like instinctively, some fan behind him started doing it, and it was really it was really kind of weird, you know, to to see some of that stuff. But they loved him there. I'll never forget that game, the first game that Alford came back when he took over as Iowa's coach, and the drama that night. And Knight just was, I mean, Knight was in full bad cop that. mode that night yep. and came back, you know, stormed back into the press conference. And it was just, it was hilarious that night. And a friend of mine who's a, who was working for another publication rode with me. And when he, when he got done, we, we were walking out and he looked at me and goes, thanks for bringing me over. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you know, so, I mean, that's the way it was. I mean, you just never know what, knew what you were going to get with that guy. And, um, you know, sometimes it'd be really funny. And I was, you know, I was at a couple NCAA tournaments with him, and I was at the 92 Final Four when, when he and Coach K, when that, that relationship became kind of fractured. And, you know, it's just, I mean, there were just a lot of weird moments around him, and, and you just never knew what you were going to get. And and it was and it was always entertaining. Let's put it that way. No doubt, and uh, certainly good fodder for you putting into your articles after the game. I heard Pat Forty; he was the one that got into it in that press conference. He was talking about that with uh, Iowa there and Alford coming back, and there was at that time this big uh, difference of opinion between the two guys. Alford said everything right, and Bobby Knight did his thing. Now. Forty said when he was talking about it, he wasn't sure if he should be writing down what Knight was saying or get his dukes up and be ready to go. Did you ever get into it with Bobby Knight? Did he ever? No, 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 no. I no. I had tried to stay away from that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just it was. I mean, I was. I remember it was ninety three NCAA tournament down in St. Louis, and there was some kid from a student newspaper that kind of tried to provoke him, mm. and he didn't take the bait. And it was funny because you could just see the kid was trying to kind of make a name for himself, maybe. Sure. You know, and, and Knight just didn't take the bait. And, um, you know, there were some writers he could he would get into it with and some that he wouldn't. He knew who he could, you know, he knew who he could go after, basically. And so a lot of times with those press cards, i just sit back and watch <laughs> because you just never knew what you were going to get. And it was always entertaining, like it's I said. Obviously an intimidating figure. You know he, where oh, kind of yeah. you, you fell in that. 
Is there any other coaches that fall into the file that you think back upon that kind of the same kind of thing? You're not going to get into it. It's not for you. It's obviously not an Iowa coach, so you're just going to sit back and watch. Anybody else like Bobby Knight you can think of? No, not really. You know, one of, well, I, I, I mean, this happened just a couple of years ago when, when Bo Pelini was at Youngstown State, and I was covering a game over at Western Illinois, and uh-huh. he was there, and, and I was thinking, okay, what's this going to be like? Because there was no Youngstown reporter there, so it was just me and the guy from Macomb. And he came in, and he was, like, really pleasant, after, and they lost. And I was expecting, you know, the Bo Pelini that we saw in Nebraska. And he comes in, he's like, what do you guys want? <laughs> and we had, like, this five, ten-minute conversation. It was actually really funny. Hmm. And we got done, he's like, hey, guys, thanks for coming over. And, and slapped me on the shoulder as he walked out the door. And that, that was one that kind of surprised me. But, no, not really. You know, I mean, there's just guys that, that you just, you know, you, you, you know how to deal with and know not to. And Knight was just in that category, just like, just, just sit back and watch because something funny's going to happen. Mm, don't ask Fran McCaffrey's in the play-in game if he gets to Dayton. <laughs> Scott Dockerman learned that lesson. <laughs> hey, uh, John, more likely uh, the Hawks win Thursday night at Assembly Hall in Bloomington or when they head up to the Twin Cities and take on the Gophers on Sunday? I think the Indiana game seems a little bit more winnable because just the way they played the other day against Purdue on an emotional day, that should have been the day that they really played well and they didn't. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, Minnesota, I think, is really, really good at home. I think if you're Iowa, if you split this week, you're really happy. If you sweep, you're really, really mm-hmm. happy because then now the schedule kind of bends in your favor. So, you know, it's, it's a big week for them if they want to stay in that top four. It's a, it's a big week if they want to still kind of stay on the edge. I mean, the con- getting a conference title now is, is really going to be hard because, I mean, the, the time's running out. But, um, but, I mean, if you want to stay in the top four, this is a big week. I don't think you want to lose both. So finally, we'll finish up with you, John, and uh, well, probably as you were making your way back home after the press uh, conference with McCaffrey, it was the wrestling team, both the Brands Brothers and Morningstar, both get their contracts extended before we get to March, and with it, of course, a fight for a national championship. Big duel a couple weeks ago against Penn State. They win it in a tight one. A lot of people were penciling them and maybe putting it in a pen that they were going to win a national title. I think that showed people still going to be very difficult to win it all come March. Oh, yeah, it's tough. But the one, the one thing that's really fascinating about this team, and, and Tom Brands talked about this yesterday, this is a really deep team. I mean, it's like, one, when you look at that, when you look at that lineup, sometimes there, there just isn't that weak, that one position, that one weight class where you have problems. <coughs> Excuse me, but it, it's, it's, it, it, they can plug like two or three different guys into certain weight classes, and it's like Brand said he's never really had a team like that. So, you know, there's a couple of key wrestlers. Austin DeSantos one if he can be back for for you know and and get into the Big Tens and and get into the national tournament and and wrestle well. I think he's a key. You know, there's a couple other key weights, but I mean, I think they've got at least two and maybe three national champions in that group. Mm. And if you can have that, you're going to win a title. And so it, it really is. To me, it's it's the the key to this team is who among some of these other guys that are having really good years can 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 be on the podium when you get to Minneapolis. So um, just just a really deep team. It's they're fun to watch because of that. You know, there isn't that one class you just think, okay, this is going to be a loss. Every one of those guys is capable of winning, and some of them are, are extremely talented. Uh, John Bowenkamp uh, writes, uh, covers the Hawks for the Hawkeye Maven under the Sports Illustrated umbrella. Great stuff, as always, John. Appreciate you coming on. 
Thanks. Have a good day, everybody. Yep, you do the same. John Bolenkamp, uh, HawkeyeMaven.com. All right, Trent, we'll do some Oklahoma-Iowa State <laughs> point spreads. Double digits? It's up to double digits. Yeah, eight and a half is where it open. Must be a lot of suitor money coming in early. Interesting. Uh, just real quick before we go to break, uh, congratulations to Bonnie Lucas, who works down the hall from us here, uh, part of Van and Bo- Well, she's Bonnie. Yes, right. Uh, Bonnie announced her retirement this morning after uh, doing the, sh- the morning show with Van for over 25 years multiple marconis which is in our industry the recognition what would you call it the oscars of radio there you go the oscars of radio they've won a bunch of them iowa broadcaster hall of fame so way to go bonnie lucas her final show will be march the 6th march 6th and then van van and condon in the morning <laughs> you think i could get there by four fifty-five? i was up till one o'clock doing a <laughs> TV show work last night. There's no way I can make it up that early. Uh, but uh, all kidding aside, congratulations yes. to Bonnie Lucas. A very nice person as well. We'll come back. Uh, what's Trent's play of the night? And can the clones cover? Can the clones win outright? We'll talk about that as we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106- 106- Bourbon Whiskey. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes of the program here today. Murph and Andy coming up at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Iowa State hoops on the air tonight. Pre-game is at 7. You can catch the game if you can't watch it uh, down the hall here on the flagship 100.3, the bus. Iowa State makes their way to Norman to take on Oklahoma, who's coming off their best win of the year by far. They pounded West Virginia. They did, yeah. And uh, West Virginia... You've been looking for that fifth team in the Big 12, Trent. I think you, you probably... I think I'm starting to come around yeah. to that. Brady Manick. Yes. Best 12th year. Just a junior. <laughs> Just a junior in his 12th year. Uh, the point spread's 10. Do you, do you have a game you like more than others tonight? And can Iowa State keep this close? Last time they played uh, without Halliburton, of course, it didn't go well. Yeah, really uh, Putting it mildly. Um, I'm anxious to see how they you know, respond. Yeah, see who's running the point uh-huh. more. Is it going to be more in the hands? Oh, it's got to be Bolton, doesn't it? Bolton's going to hold it a lot more, but is Trey Jackson turning uh-huh. more into kind of a point guard then? Because he's been playing off the ball so much, obviously, with Halliburton out there. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to watch this team, what they look like here, the negative part of it about it. And did you uh, see the story? I can't remember who had it out of the Iowa State beat that Halliburton's parents still come into the game. I saw that. Jamie Pollard tweeted that this morning. Is that morning. what it was? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It really is. Yeah, I mean, son's not playing, but they're making their, I'm assuming they all live in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right? That's where he's from, and making their way down to Norman to see that. There's a good piece in The Athletic on his, uh, they, I don't know who the writer was at The Athletic, but had a panel of scouts, front office personnel on Halliburton's draft. Pro- they're all over the place. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. 20 is the latest. Okay. Early 20s. There's fours, there's fives, there's top 10 for sure in the lottery. Guys going early in the draft, Trent. Yeah, top 20 is the floor, mm-hmm. is what it feels like. And we'll see. You know, when he comes back off the injury and he'll go through workouts and see. He is the kind of skill set, though, that NBA people, well, we found out last year how enamored right. they were with him and uh, what he's going to be at the next level. In terms of picks tonight, I'd probably lean Iowa State. I think I'd, mm-hmm. when we get Grab to the 10, points. feels like it's a little bit too much. What about the two other locals in action tonight? Drake is on the road at most State. Of course, uh, the Panthers at home at the McLeod. 7 o'clock for both of those. Illinois State Redbirds. Panthers, any it's it's a big number too, isn't it? It's a big it? number. It has dropped. It opened at fifteen, down to thirteen and a half. Still, maybe seems a tidge, just a smidge too high 
at that number. I think at 12.5, I'd probably be back on the other side, but I'd lean Redbirds in that one. I like Drake tonight. I like Drake to go down there to Springfield. We talked about Missouri State at the beginning of the show, just mm-hmm. one of the most inconsistent teams for the talent level, certainly, that they have. But my favorite pick of the night. Uh-oh, here comes the best bet, folks. Oh, I'm going back to the will with Villanova again. They burned me over the weekend when Seton Hall went into Philly and just dominated that game. Seton Hall's really good. And they've got Creighton tonight, and that's they an do. early tip at 5.30. Yeah. That's where the basketball is going to be starting for me. Certainly well, I thought you were doing evening. Murphy. Well, Murphy and Andy are off of four. What no, am I thinking? off of four. I'm going to be good. But right. I do have wrestling tonight, regional wrestling, as you can catch on CISN. I'll have that for you with Waukee hosting the winner of DCG against Linmar. But, uh, yeah, Nova, I'm going to lay the five as they got Marquette coming in. I just thought Nova's got to figure it out at some point. Mm-hmm. You'd think. Might be waiting for a long time on this one because right. that's a team I've been really disappointed in. I thought they'd be a lot better. Seton Hall has a three-game lead now in the Big East. How crazy is that? Yeah, unbelievable. Well, we certainly saw them early in the season. Mm-hmm. A couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times, right, within a week. Crazy the way that worked out. All right, so Murph and Andy at two. You're filling in. You're, it'll be me and Murph today. As... So AD and Andy Phils are both on vacation. What if they went together? I don't know. Maybe it was a meetup. Could have been. All right, well, Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics slide in here at 4. And then tomorrow morning, Morning Rush started at all at 6. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.